Hey, listen, I want you to know how grateful I am to be able to pastor this church because you guys are excited, I believe, to see heaven here on earth. Amen? We've been praying for revival, and there, are, and there are a lot of things that God is doing in relation to... Listen, you need to know that people have already been saved this morning at 1910. Amen? Lives are being changed. Amen? Listen, God's given us a huge vision. There's a calling on this house, and the pace at which we can run after that vision is dependent upon you guys. And through, through the ways that we serve and the ways that we give to the vision that God has for a 1910 church. And so listen, we want to encourage you to, to join our teams when it comes to service opportunities. We, we want to encourage you to help us fund the vision, the kingdom vision that God has for 1910. So let's continue to be faithful. Here's the deal. You grow through serving and giving also. It's not just through Bible study or through nights of worship. Listen, even when we serve and when we give... Man, God shows up and does something awesome in our lives. So I want to encourage you to join the fun. We want to see you grow to the next level. Amen? And so, so many opportunities, no excuses. I know you've already given up on that treadmill you bought for Christmas. But don't you give up on that spiritual growth that you told the Lord, God, I want to go deeper. I want to go to the next level with you. Man, so many incredible opportunities. Now listen, I need to let you know something about this morning. It's not going to be just the normal. You know, we can get in a pattern even on Sunday mornings at church, can we not? We're going to sing three or four songs. And in a lot of churches, the preacher can't even preach until there's a special song before he gets up, you know. Uh, today's going to be a little bit different feel as we wrap up this series we've been in called Unbound. We, we've been in the series challenging you, and we, we want to see you break free in 23. And so for the last 20 days, and for there's a couple more through the month, we, we, we've been challenging you. What are those things that you need to be set free from? Amen? And so today, we've got an incredible time together. It's going to kind of be a journey together. We're not going to sing a little and then a long, boring sermon, okay? But we're going to have an encounter with the Lord that we believe today will bring freedom. Naomi, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Amen? And I just can't help but think that that's God's plan and desire for every one of you. He wants to see you set free. Are you ready for that? All right, if you're ready, I want you to stand up with me, okay? Go ahead and stand up. And let's do this as we pray today. I just want you to put your hands out like you're ready to receive. Because we believe that God's got great big things in store for us today. And I'm praying that we not miss a moment of what the Spirit wants to speak, what the Spirit wants to do in this room today. So Lord, we thank you for your presence. And God, we know that when you show up and when you're present, transformation happens. God, when we have true encounters with you, we are left, we're different we leave differently. We're never the same. And so, God, I'm believing that that's your desire today. I believe that heaven wants to invade this space. And God, you want to move. and You want to shift us. You want to transform us, God. So, Holy Spirit, have your way now. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Thank you, Jesus. 
didn't deserve it you prepared a place for me in the presence at your table meant by your goodness in the middle of my shame when my pride and my pain left me broken and you said child done with me in the presence of these enemies and I've got just what you need it's Jesus it's Jesus he's healing me when I take a knee it's Jesus it's a bread and the wine he's healing me when I take and drink from the table of God oh thank you Jesus no longer an orphan you call me your and you carry in your kindness I know who I am I'm a child and a friend to the Father and the Lamb oh and mercy and you said child done with me in the presence of these enemies
This offering was given to 
Jesus, it's Jesus, he's healing us as we take and eat. It's Jesus, he's the bread and the wine, he's healing us as we take and drink from the table of God. thankful for Jesus, right? For the blood. Let me ask you a question today. What is it that's keeping you from living the life that God wants you to live? Listen, I hope that you understand and and know something. Jesus says that I've come that you can have life and have it abundant. Life to the full. Life that is over the top. If that's his plan and his desire, then why do so many of us not live that? What is it that's keeping you from living the life that God's created you to live? Scripture would refer to those things as sin. We've been talking about things that are strongholds in our lives, things that they just kind of weigh us down, you know? And, and, and I don't think any of us set out in life just to say, you know, I, I just want to spend my life chained or tethered to something. I, I, I just, you know, I, I really don't want to reach my full potential. I really don't. I just, I'm going to just... None of us choose this, but the reality is this is how so many of us today are living. What is it that is a stronghold? What what is something that is just, you're wrapped up in, it's become a weight, and it is hindering you, it's keeping you from walking and living out the life that God has for you. Maybe it's fear for some of us that's weighing us down. Maybe for some of us, we're, we're chained down by, by pride and we just, no one, I don't need anyone to tell me what to do or how to live my life. For, for some of us, maybe there is um, some um, anxiety or worry that has stymied you. It's, it's, it keeps you from moving and, and you just feel burdened and weighed down. For some of us, maybe there's a form of trauma, an abuse. There's a past or something that, that, you know, we just can't seem to break free from it. And man, it's a burden, right? What is it that's keeping you from living? Maybe for some of us, maybe there's um, some sort of uh, an addiction, Substance abuse, food. What is it that you just can't break free from? What about unforgiveness in your heart? You know what you should do, but you've just not forgiven someone. You know what they did to me, and, and I think God knows the sure. keeping you from living the life you were created to live. 
Hey, what about money? Possessions. I mean, we like money and I like stuff. Anybody with a preacher today? But, but if we're not careful, those things can also weigh us down. Can they not? We're tied to it. Listen, I, I want you to know today that Jesus is the answer. Jesus is what we need to see those chains, those things that we're shackled to, whatever we're bound by. Jesus is the answer. He's the one that can break us free from those things. Are you with me today? In fact, let me just remind you of what Jesus says in Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. It's written in red in my Bible. That's an indication that Jesus said this. Look what he says. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be what? Come on, that captives will be released set free, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Come on, somebody. We don't have to live tied up and tethered to a past or a fear or a worry or an unforgiving spirit or whatever. Jesus breaks chains, and he's come to set us free. He's come to set you free. Wow. He's come to break those chains that have hindered. And, and Satan wants you to stay here because he knows that if you're loosed and if the spirit is all on you, he doesn't stand a chance. But he keeps trying to keep us there. But the chains can be broken will just let Jesus do it. The prophet Isaiah prophesied in Isaiah chapter 53 verse 5 about this one that would come and, 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 and be the, the, the Messiah, the long-awaited one, right? And, and we read these verses just two months ago at every house of worship and you sent Christmas cards with the one announcing that he would he'd be pierced, Isaiah says, for our rebellion. He be crushed for our sins. Jesus was beaten so that we could be whole. And he was whipped so that we could be healed. What is it that's keeping you from the life that God created you to live? I want you to know that I'm glad you're here today because the chain breaker's present. And the very reason he came, Jesus, this very one that Isaiah and so many prophesied of, he came to set captives free. Listen, today can be a, a line in the sand day for you. T today can be that moment in which you say, you know what, I am no longer going to be tethered to my past. I'm no longer going to be tethered to some substance. I'm no longer going to be tethered today. I give that to Jesus. And he sets me free. Listen, Christ paid a big price for your freedom, for my freedom. Why is it that we keep going back to these 
what, what, when I understand and know what he's done and, and, and when I wrap my mind around that he's got so much, why do I still find myself tethered to all these things that hold me back? I want you to know that I, that I believe that for those who are in Christ and those that truly call out to Jesus to set them free from their sinful living and when he truly comes in and delivers you from that we should want to leave these things correct we, 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 we should no longer want to return to these things that, that hindered and limited us hey do you remember what your life was like before Jesus Or, or, or maybe, maybe, do you remember what your life was like when you tried to do it without Jesus? And you looked for meaning and purpose and significance and next level living. You looked at it for it in so many other different arenas. I'm just telling you, Jesus sets us free and his plan and desire is that we not go back there. And there's a power available for us to keep from going there. But we've got to truly repent of these things, these strongholds, these sins, and let Jesus have them, never to return again. Listen, I, I want to just encourage you. You don't have these on the screens, but I just, I, I just feel like the Lord wanted me to read some more verses. Do you guys okay with the Bible? Listen, listen to what it says in Galatians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. So Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. Wow. Look what he says in the book of Romans chapter, chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. In fact, I would encourage you to, to camp out in Romans chapter 8 this week, but listen to how it starts. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you. What has freed you? The life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. And oh, if you're not satisfied yet, come on. Let's go, 11 o'clock. If you're not satisfied yet, let me just remind you what it says in John chapter 8, verse 36. If the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. I'm no longer going to return to these things that have shackled and chained me down any longer. I've been unbound. I've been set free. Any set free people in this house today. And you know that as set free people, you have seen what God is capable of in your life. May we no longer go back to that way of living. Listen, today if you're here and there's still something that has still just entangled you, would you give that to Jesus today? We're, we're, we're gonna continue to sing and I just wanna challenge you to just whatever it is that is keeping you from walking in the fullness of God, whatever it is that's keeping you from living this life that you were created for, would you just give it to Jesus? He's the chain breaker. There's not some secret ritualistic thing you've got to go through. I can't do it for you. This is between you and God. Amen? But make no mistake about it. He paid a great price so that you could be set free. Jesus, thank you for going all the way to the cross for us. Jesus, thank you for your body being bruised and bludgeoned and beaten and 
whipped on our behalf. Jesus, thank you that you set us free. God, I pray for that individual right now that's listening, that's never allowed you to come in and set them free. God, today, oh, I pray, Holy Spirit, they would invite you in to break chains. Join us in worship as we sing this song.
glorious light. Now, can we just give God glory? Come on, just call out to him right now. Just thank him with your voices. Come on, thank the Lord for what he's done. Come on, any set free people in this house today. Come on, just thank him right now. Come on, just tell him how grateful you are. Tell him how grateful you are for the blood. Thank you. Thank you for the transformation that he's brought. Thank you that your chains are broken. You are no longer the same. Thank you that if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old things pass away. There's some new folks in the house today. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. You can have a seat. I love I love this idea that we've been looking at in Psalm chapter 23. We've been reading this through the month of January, and many of you have maybe began to see this, this passage of Scripture that oftentimes doesn't get any airtime except maybe during a funeral service or a memorial service, right? But there's some profound truths in here that we've been focused on and declarations we've been, been declaring over our lives and over this year. And I love that in Psalm chapter 23, verse 5, we find these words that David writes. It says, uh, you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. David says, Lord, you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. Listen, if there was anyone that understood being under attack, if there was anyone that understood strongholds or chains or lived in fear or anxiety or worry or lived with remorse or if anybody had family issues, it's the man that writes these words here in 23.5 of Psalm. Think about it. David's brothers were jealous of him even as he was a shepherd boy. He's anointed king at a young age and spends a majority of his teenage years and his 20-somethings as a fugitive as King Saul is hunting him down. Once he becomes king, he assumes kingship over a nation that is divided at odds with one another. And he's got to do something to unite people that just don't like each other. Sounds familiar, does it not? Come to find out, you think you've got family issues. David lives in this cycle of he's an abusive leader from time to time. There's, there's murder within his story. He even has a son that sets a plot out, a revolt to go against him, him the father. But yet we find these words that David comes to a place where he understands who God is and he gives thanks. That Lord, although I am surrounded by enemies, Lord, although there are some things in my life that are not right, you still, you Lord, prepare a feast for Lord, you anoint my head with oil. You see, David would understand oil as a shepherd, as oil would be something that they would rub on the wounds and 
even the fur of those sheep that he would attend to. It was an act of love and care. And God, you're telling me that even though my life is screwed up and even though I've made mistakes and even though people don't like me, you still prepare a feast for me. Come on, guys, aren't you thankful that God looks past our junk and our funk and he welcomes us to a table that he prepares a meal for us? that for us today God looks past what we've done and and, and what those things were and, and, and he still calls us to come and eat wow we know that there was a table that Jesus prepared in fact it was his final night with his disciples in an upper room Jesus knew the events of his life and what were about to unfold, but yet he invited his disciples for one last meal together. Let me just tell you something, that in biblical times, sharing a meal with someone was one of the most intimate things you could do to eat together. That's why when you read a story about Jesus one day walking through crowded streets and he looks up in a tree and he sees a wee little man by the name of Zacchaeus. He says, hey, Zacchaeus, I want, by the way, it's interesting to me that Jesus called him by name. He didn't call him, hey, you cheater. Hey, you tax collector. Hey, you thief, you liar, you dishonest runt. No. Hey, Zacchaeus, come down. I want to go to your house today and dine with you. Come on, that's radical. That's why the religious people had such a, who is this rabbi that eats with notorious sinners? Well, his name is Jesus. And he's just so unlike any other person that has ever lived. That despite what I've done and what I still do, come on, anybody still make some bad decisions and you better all get your hands up because you're lying right now and you're committing sin. But he still says, you see, Jesus knew that even with those disciples that night. Come on, he's Jesus. He knew what Judas had already set up, did he not? He knew that Jesus had already, Judas had already made a deal with the Romans and he knew that in just a few hours after they shared a meal, this intimate act, come on, he knew that Judas would come and kiss him and then the events of the crucifixion would play out. He, he, he knew that, that there was another guy named Peter. Peter could have, was probably, if there was a human leader besides Jesus, right? It would be this guy, Peter, who, who was cocky, arrogant, who was a dude's dude, a fisherman, right? He was just rough and tough and oftentimes spoke before he thought. Anybody go with Peter? Like, yeah, right? Yeah. But he even knew that Peter would deny that he even was a part of this band of brothers. He would deny him. He knew that. But yet we still find Jesus inviting broken, flawed, imperfect people 
to the table because of his love and that he's a rabbi, he's a savior that just never gives up on someone. Aren't you thankful for that? So when we sing, thank you, Jesus, for the blood applied, we are seeing thank you that you look past everything I've done wrong and you still prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. you know there's even yet another table being prepared for us who are in Christ it's the great banquet table it's a table that one day we will sit on in glory and we will dine face to face with Jesus can you imagine the dinner conversation that night or those nights who knows how long it's a buffet Hector come on somebody open wide I'm telling you for eternity preparing a great banquet feast for those of us who are in Christ. For those of us that have called upon the name of the Lord, we've been set free. Jesus will welcome us to this table. And in Revelation 19, 9, it says, you're invited to the wedding feast of the Lamb. Blessed are those, it says, Scripture says, who are invited to the wedding feast of the Lamb. These are the words of God. You see, my friend, there's something about feast and a table prepared for us. Today, there's been a table prepared for us. And it's not a table that's been prepared by our staff. It's not a table that's been prepared by this church. In fact, this table doesn't belong to us. This table is the Lord's. We call this the Lord's Supper. We call this the Lord's table. It's the Holy Eucharist. It's communion. This is something that Jesus instituted, that Jesus created for those who belong to him. And just as he invited those disciples that night in the upper room, today, Jesus invites those of us who are sons and daughters to come and to feast, to eat. But we come remembering what he's done for us. In fact, this passage of scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, beginning in verse 21, I believe. It says, on the night when Jesus was betrayed, he took some bread and he gave thanks to God for it. And he broke it into pieces and he said, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took a cup of wine after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people. So who's the cup between God and his people? It's an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often 
today the Lord is inviting those of us who have confessed our sins to him, asking him to forgive us of those sins. We've declared that we believe that he died on the cross for us and have invited him to become not only our savior, but our Lord. He invites us to come to his table. And so today we're gonna do that because that's what the Lord would have us do. I wanna encourage you today to just take as much time as you need to to prepare yourself. You see, when we come into the presence of the King, we need to be ready for that, meaning that we need not come flippantly or ritually. We need not come thinking less of what this moment is. We need to search ourselves, scriptures say, to make sure that we come with the proper attitude and spirit and heart. And so today we encourage you to search yourself. But this table belongs to those who profess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Today when you come, you're going to find bread that's been broken, symbolic of the body of Christ. And you're going to find chalice of juice or wine, symbolic of the shed blood. You will take a piece of bread and dip it in one of those chalices and you will eat it. And as our Lord instructed us, we will remember Him. We want to let you know that there's a table in front of each of your sections here. And so if you would come to the table from the right side of your section, pass through and then make your way back to your seat down the opposite aisle. We're going to enter into a time of reflection. We may even sing a little bit. And as the Spirit of the Lord guides you and directs you, you come to the table of the Lord.